Oh my, we're gonna keep talking about this because, like, welcome in everyone. Connor and I are just talking here in the morning about Marvel because we both do not appreciate Hawkeye. And uh, Hawkeye was sort of Christmas themed. And it was awful, but uh, it was terrible. It was atrocious. Connor's also going to see Spider Man. I have already seen Spider Man. So we're like talking about, you know, just, just stuff. But, uh, don't worry, I didn't spoil anything. No, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. No better place to start. Uh, yeah, Christmas Eve. We are putting this episode out on the 24th Christmas Eve. We decided to throw everybody a little stocking stuffer. We know there's a ton of stuff going on in the CFL right now. We saw, yeah, we saw Marshall's spreadsheet of CFL free agents. Marsh, we're expecting those to be ranked by Boxing Day at the absolute latest. One we to also 250. Saw- McLeod Bethel Thompson getting fined for pushing. Oh, did we ever? And Chris Edwards, six games. Man, I mean, if you're going to jump into the stands, probably going to be some consequences. Probably going to be some consequences. Six uh, games, man. Do you think he gets yeah. like appealed down to like three or four? Or are they just like, no, man, you, you assaulted a like you. Yeah, I, I, I don't think know. You assaulted a fan because it was kind of like both of them at fault, but the league, you yeah, punched, you should have swung at a fan. How about that? I'm, you swung yeah. at a fan. Here's where I like I am in on the side of Chris Edwards in this sense. We don't really know the full details of what, what went on. I mean, we don't have all of the information. We saw the video, um, but even then you didn't see everything. But still, if, if what is said was true and the fans spit the beer on Chris Edwards, um, I, I can't fault Chris Edwards for reacting how he did. I mean, if I got spit on, like I was saying when we were talking about it the first time, if I got spit on, I'm probably jumping into the crowd, too. Um, but no, I don't think the league's going to reduce this because I think they're going to use it to set a precedent, right? Like, I think they're going to be like, if you decide to jump in to the stands to go after a fan that did or said something that, you know, you didn't like or offended you, this is what is going to happen because you represent, you are, you are a representative of the league at that point in time. Even, even arguably when they're, they're out after the game, if they're in Argo gear or whatever, they're still a rep- representative of the league. So no, I don't, I I can't see it getting appealed. I think he's gonna unfortunately gonna have to suffer that six game suspension. And uh <clears throat> let's uh let's not forget to mention the lovely gift of giving that you can obtain through Fox 40. If you have that special coach or referee in your life, why not go and get them something from the worldwide leader in whistle technology with CFP 15 at checkout? You can get 15% off your order if you order it. I don't think it would be there by Christmas because let's face it, except for Amazon inside of Toronto, uh, Ottawa, Vancouver, Montreal, and the other major city centers. It takes more than a day, but that's okay. You can still print off a picture and let them know that you got them the Sonic Blast. You can let them know that you got the Trilayer Whistle Mask. You know, there's all kinds of stuff from Fox 40, including merch and coaching boards. Use CFP 15 to get 15% off all of those whistle needs. I have gone with the picture before. I have done that. No shame. No shame. I've been there with the printed out picture. This is it's what you're getting in about a week. It's, it is. Yeah, it's it's a fine. It's like, a, but the sad thing is like, some people are like, oh, you just, you just did it last minute. That's why I hit the picture. No, like, what if you ordered something like the first of December and it still hasn't arrived and you're on Christmas Eve and you're like, come on, come on. No, just print off the picture. You'll, you'll get it in about two days time. So I did this for what, for one of my buddies and i He's, he's, I swear he was, he was like, Oh, you were last minute. You were last minute. And I was like, no, man, I pulled it up. I showed him the order receipt date 
in like November. And I was just like, it just takes forever. This year, though, I think I absolutely nailed it for one of my buddies. Huge Patriots fan. I know we can all let out a collective groan on that one. Uh, but he is. He's a huge Patriots fan. He's had a tough go with the jerseys as of late, much like myself. Um, nobody that he's really a fan of. So, you know what I found? Uh, I found Moss jersey. Better. I found a Bill Belichick jersey. I found... <laughs> I found a, it's like a t-shirt with the Patriots logo on the front with the hood on the t-shirt and it's got sleeves, not long sleeves. It has half sleeves. It is a half sleeve hoodie, much like BB himself. So yeah, I'm going to box that thing up, put a headset in there. Away you go. I gave him a Bill, Bill Belichick jersey for Christmas. That is gold. That is very good. Uh, let's get to some guys who deliver Christmas gifts, take Christmas gifts away on the football field. Uh, we're trying to wrap this in thematically with the Christmas season and all that it brings. Uh, but we've got our U Sports Top 20, our first 20 names that we are going to be looking at from the U Sports schools. Uh, we're not ranking them this round because, you know, it's Christmas. Everyone's number one in this go. Uh, we will get to ranking them 20 through one and maybe changing out some guys as we dive into more film. But this was just our first off look at who do we have? Who do we get? Where are these guys coming from? What do they bring to the table? Do we, do we start with the obvious? Do we start at the quarterback position? So we can go offense. Like I have it, I have it broken down like all, all the way through position groups, like kind of front seven, uh box position players so we'll we'll start with the quarterback obvious choice here heck Crichton winner Trey Ford uh top quarterback available in the class is this the year that we see a U sports quarterback taken with meaningful chance of playing <laughs> quarterback in the CFL or does he like Brad Sinopoli or how does this work I mean, it's hard to say. I think I don't, I don't think there's a doubt in my mind that he's going to be taken. When I mean, if you haven't turned on Trey Ford yet and seen what he's able to do, I don't know. You're sleeping. You're sleeping. You're under a rock and or you're just not a fan of football in general. But Trey Ford, we all know the skill set that this dude possesses. Now, whether that is going to be used at quarterback or somewhere else remains to be seen. I think that, you know, what we've seen of him, what he's able to do i think that he can play quarterback i think that he has the ability to do that in the cfl his style when you look at what he does he's very similar to a vernon adams jr but it's just a matter of how these cfl teams value him and with a guy that that with a guy that is that athletic the question on everybody's mind is what else can he play when a guy is that fast that strong that talented everybody wants to see if he can go play somewhere else. So I don't know. I think that we might see a little bit of that situation. And now obviously that comes down to Trey Ford as well, being receptive to it. Um, not to say that he wouldn't be, but you know, we have seen it in the past where a certain Florida quarterback didn't want to transition to tight end, tried to come back, you know, 15 years later, 10 years later and do it. And it didn't work out. So um, not to say We've again, also seen a recent Florida quarterback, they'll be resistant to changing positions and, now leading a franchise. So, uh, you know, I, I think it was straightforward. And I want to correct myself because I said the first U sports quarterback in a long time to get meaningful looks at quarterback. 
I know Michael O'Connor with UBC, but I count Michael O'Connor as Penn State. Exactly. Yes. No, this is Trey Ford is a through and through four or five year U sports quarterback. That's and that's what you mean by that. And I totally I yeah. think we all get that. Michael O'Connor, Penn State. He was a D1 D1 look out of the gate. Uh, Trey Ford spent his entire time at U sports. So I, I think I think he will be. I, I don't know. I don't know if you're with me on this, but I don't think there's a doubt in my mind that somebody is going to take him based on that athleticism and skill set. Someone's going to take him. It's just what they envision for using him. Um, but I truly hope it's using him as a quarterback because we've seen the damage that mobile quarterbacks do in this league. And some with the arm talent of Trey Ford and the pure athletic ability can change a game on the dime. Um, but let's move to running backs. There's only one in the top 20, just like there's only one quarterback. Uh, while this guy does not have great stature, he makes up for that in production. Uh, leaps and bounds of it. And that's Adam Mackert, uh, the running back from the University of Saskatchewan. What what can we say about this guy other than ball carry vision? I mean, we all just watched that national semifinal, iced the game on, you know, the bread and butter of what Saskatchewan Huskies football was. Uh, Adam Mackert, don't forget, he was a heck Crichton caliber running back a few years ago when he had what 2000 all purpose yards on a season. This dude's an absolute freak runs the ball very hard, catches the ball well out of the backfield. Uh, I, I really, I mean, we're getting our ahead of ourselves here. I don't know where the hell he's going to fit. So I'm not even going to try to <laughs> not even going to try to fit him up yet, but uh, certainly what he brings to the table is going to be valued you know, by somebody in the CFL, could we see maybe a Winnipeg, I guess, with Andrew Harris? Do, or do you think they're good with Oliveira in the backfield now as well? You know, they have Augustine Oliveira. But they do have the Canadians. That's why I'm saying that. They like that Canadian rotation. I know they the like the Canadian background. But, uh, you know, with Adam Acker, like, I'm, I'm going to be interested because he is pure athletically and great in terms of blocking. Um I think he can be a CFL product. I think he can be a CFL running back, but I think there's going to be a lot of question about his size and how it matches up because while it's not a huge factor, it still kind of is like, I know Darren Sproles and there are the outliers that are extremely short, but uh, without a Mackert, like he is strong enough. He's just going to have to prove it on combines and in his interviews that he is ready for this step uh for cfl teams to take that chance what if you slot him into that like field side three wide receiver that boundary side two and kind of get him in motion where you still can run him out of the backfield on kind of those end around jet sweep pop pass things but then you're able to you know take advantage of the hands and the route running as well from mackart and kind of get him on some of those shallow routes maybe a few few over the middle type routes or even you know, maybe he sneaks behind coverage on a little bit of a, a I'd, shallow I'd post. Keep him at, I'd keep him at running back uh, if we're going to be using him out of the passing game because you can get your running backs involved. Uh, I think he's strong enough in pass pro to be able to stay in two and stick with it. So uh, I'm fine with Adam Mackert uh, being the tailback. I just, I just feel like teams are going to have some questions about his size. Yeah, fair enough. And, you know, size, why not just go right to the offensive line if we're worried about that right now? Uh, off the top offensive lineman, University of Alberta. We were on this guy last year. We absolutely loved him. Chose to defer. That is Peter Kazushka, the big man, the golden bear. 
this guy is huge and we have heard nothing but good things about this guy since we were put on to him last year and we've heard nothing but good things about his development since then so this guy is going to be special yeah and he snuck into the cfl top 20 last time they released it in like september uh but Kazushka has jumped leaps and bounds this year. He showed a lot of athleticism on tape that we knew he had, but he showed a lot more refinement in his footwork, in his hand placement as well. Uh, when you watch him on film with Kazushka, you know, he's coming from good coach, much like you get from the Huskies. They, they're coached so well in the offensive line from their head coaches, respectively. You know, he's going to be coached up. Well, he brings the athleticism that is rare to see at offensive line. And he obviously brings that size. So uh, he is ready to translate to the pros. I cannot wait to see how this guy does in the combines because I think he's going to surprise a lot of people that aren't paying attention to the Golden Bears offensive line. Could not agree more with that take. Let's move it on to the OUA. Let's go back to the Waterloo Warriors because they don't have enough guys on this list already. Spencer Andrews, their big offensive lineman. I mean, what more can we say about this guy? Easily one of the best offensive linemen in his own conference. Just a body mover, just a body mover, a pile driver. Created some great holes for Trey Ford to run through on those quarterback draws, um, and and provided good protection all season. His feet are good. He keeps that base nice and strong. And what I really like what he does is when he gets his mitts on you, you're done. He's a mauler. You are done. Uh, with Trey Ford doing what he did. None of it's possible without Spencer Andrews isolating half of the O-line and just kind of taking away players. Like he, he just eliminated people uh, all season long. And he had some tough competition this year in the OUA with pass rushers in terms of who he faced. Uh, but I think he did a fantastic job getting his body around on the edge. If he's trying to get spun and turned around the corner, he was quick enough to, to open and stick with it and give Trey Ford that half second more that he needs to get away or to get out of the pocket. Uh, I like Spencer Andrews, another CFL top 20 guy. So clearly the powers that be at the scouting bureau like him as well. Um, but let's, let's keep it going here. Going back to the West coast, Noah Zer, Saskatchewan. I mean, these guys are massive. This is one of the guys that I was saying is seven feet tall for like five weeks. Um, he moves too. Like we talked about him pinning and pulling and uh, all that jazz against Montreal. The tape speaks for itself. Whenever you see this guy coming around on the edge, I think Noah Zer is going to translate fast. He's going to stick. And you know what, with these offensive linemen that we are mentioning, let's not forget the amount of rookie CFL linemen that we saw this year uh, getting meaningful snaps, right? Like, Pete Nicastro got snaps. Bryce Bell got snaps. Jonathan uh, Zamora got some snaps. Zamora got some snaps. Like, we had rookies playing lots. Woodmancy, technically a rookie, but he was getting snaps. Like, Thomas Jack Trujillo came in and got <laughs> some snaps as well. I mean, ton. I mean, I know he's not a U Sports guy, but I mean, ton of rookies in the CFL getting getting snaps. And I mean, if you're going to take, if you're going to take one. Catella all- Say played a bunch too. He was another, he did. like, delayed rookie, but still a rookie. Like, these guys are going to get snaps and they're going to stick. So with these offensive linemen, like I know we talked about it, that the CFL draft is run through the trenches, but I would not be surprised if this year more than any, we saw that. I know there's some crazy talented guys on the back ends, but 
the way the offensive linemen have been used the last year and a half to kind of fill out depth and start in some instances uh, and some spots, it's, it's going to be a huge play this year to get one of these guys like Kazushka, Andrew Zer, Zach Fry, Andy Genois, who we're going to talk about now. So, so we just talked about Noah Zer, one of the first-team All-Canadian tackles. Let's talk about the other first-team All-Canadian tackle, Andy Genois, the University of Laval. Uh, I mean, just an absolute force for those, just an absolute force for the Laval Rouge or this year. It seems like every single year Laval has these massive offensive linemen and they just keep pumping them out. Um, I don't want to say it's O-line you, but they certainly have size. There's like and five that is what I know. Man. We oh gotta... my god! There's um, let's call them an O-line you of the the Quebec conference. We have to like give an O-line you to each conference. <laughs> but uh, it, it just feels like man. every year that Laval just has what three or four guys that you can't help but notice across their offensive line and. You know, they, they really had one of the better passing attacks this year in the Quebec Conference, and I, I do think that that's credited to their offensive line and credited to Andy Genois. I know. These uh, these Laval Rougeor and Western Mustangs, I will talk about Zach Fry. Uh, they were built off the ground this year, and Zach Fry was a big part of that. Uh, we saw the damage they did in the national semifinal uh, and in the Yates Cup and all season long on the ground. And a lot of that was behind Zach Fry. He was moving bodies left, right, and center. Um, the thing I really liked about Zach Fry is the ability to work up to the second level, um, come off of doubles, get over onto faster bodies and still be able to lock on. I mean, once he gets a hold of them, then they're, they're kind of done, but to get that grip onto a smaller body who is trying to move away and be a bit more agile than the defensive lineman that he was seeing, uh, certainly a great credit to his hand, handwork as well so uh there's our five offensive linemen we've got our quarterback do we want to add two receivers i think we should and i think they're brothers and i think they're both from the same team and they're both unreal talents and one of them was a head crichton nominee <laughs> and uh the other one is also a first team all canadian uh tyson and jalen philpot if you have not caught on Oh, uh, both Vanya Cup champions. Let's not leave that out either. These guys are freaks. <laughs> these guys are freak of nature athletically. They have sticky hands. They got moves at the top of the route. They've got moves in the stem. They're going to burn by you. If you give them an inch, they can both return kicks. They can both return punts. My yeah. only issue with the Philpot brothers in the draft is that they're not going to end up on the same team. That we think. That we think. think. That we think. But I don't think they're going to end up on the same team. Do they, do they like force their way, like Eli Manning their way to the same team? One of them just refuses to play for somebody? No, I don't, no, I don't think no, they No, no, no. They both, they both refuse to play for someone unless they're brothers. Unless they're playing together. We interview as a team, Connor. Come on. Uh like they're uh, like, oh well, we're thinking of taking you first round. Okay, what about my brother? Package oh, deal. We're gonna, we're gonna take him uh like the next round if he's still there. No, it's gotta be the next pick. Okay, okay. <laughs> For the first time in CFL history, we are awarding two picks with one pick. The <laughs> Phil Pot brothers are a package deal. You cannot break them up. In return, the team X that has to give up <laughs> the one pick 
also forfeits next year's first rounder and this year's second rounder. <laughs> I have a real question, it. though. Yeah. Surrounding the Philprop brothers, with them being in Calgary, with Calgary's wide receiver core being absolutely depleted, do you think there's a real chance that Calgary is looking in their own stadium going, hmm, UFC is two pretty damn good wide receivers right there. The other team that I could see looking at them, though, the BC Lions. Don't forget their dad, Corey Philpott, uh, played for the BC Lions. So, uh, you know, I am <laughs> – he's still with the Langley Rams, too. I, I think there's a good chance that BC is looking at them. Everyone in the league should be looking at them. Um, I don't even want to imagine a Dominic Rhymes or a, a Rhymes Burnham, Lucky Whitehead, Jalen Philpot, Tyson Philpot offense. I don't even want to. I don't even want to think about that right now. I just don't. Please don't put that in my head. It's too early for that. No, no. I like the Calgary Calgary pick. That that seems like it's too much common sense though for them to be like, oh yeah, let's uh, let's get these guys that have played in our stadium for the last <laughs> three years. But uh, that's it for the offense. So we've got the Philpots, Adam Macker, Trey Ford. Uh, Kazushka, Andrews, Zer, Fry, and Genois. Now let's take the ball from some people, Connor. Let's let's be Scrooge. Let's be the Grinch, and let's let's ruin some days for the offenses. Uh, starting up front, we've got the Sack Masters up front. I, I think that's what we've got to call these four, right? We've got Deontay yes. Knight, Alex Fedchen, Nate Cherry, and Anthony Federico. The Sack Masters. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Like, there's nothing else to say. <laughs> Austin Porter Miller can't be in the Sack Masters because of his numbers, but he is on his own in the F to play up category. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have, like, when we do our draft board and we have, like, our positions, we're going to have, like, a special position group for F to play up guys. Um, Austin Porter Miller will be in that one. He will not be ranked as a D lineman. Um, but no, with, like, let's start Deontay Knight. Outstanding player, uh, the nation's top defensive lineman this year. There's nothing that this guy can't do, right? Like, he's got the size, the bend. He can get off the edge. He can play tough in the run. He can get after the passer. Uh, draws double teams. Like, still Dude, I saw him spot off. drop one to knock one down. Yeah, like, he can do everything you ask a defensive lineman to do. Uh, on top of that, he brings in an athletic body that can contribute on special teams. I think Deontay Knight's going to be a smash hit in this draft. Only thing I want to see him do... Is cover a wheel like to Garrett Davis, a wheel in the end zone. You know what? <laughs> I, I don't line. think that's like a he can't do it. I think that nobody has tried it. No, I I, I, I bet you he could. I bet you he could. He moves well. He does. He moves really well. But a guy that creates some of that space for him, Austin Fordham Miller. Uh, I like that you just put Austin FM on the on the sheet because for me that FM is effing mean. That's what this dude is. <laughs> <laughs> guy just gets in into the teeth of the offensive line and moves it, creates space. Man, like I, I love Austin Fordham Miller and what he does because he doesn't need to be he doesn't need to be one of these guys that's you know get getting into the backfield and and taking the stat for himself to be productive and create these plays. I mean, the things that he does so well is eat and drive through those double triple teams and create space for his teammates. Let's uh let's say in the OUA because we have Anthony Federico here as well. Uh, we'll knock at the three OUA guys at once. Anthony Federico was on a mission this year. Uh, he made it 
a living hell for teams to try and cover him down. Uh, I thought that in terms of just straight up sack production, right? Like he had five, he got a couple of them early, like a couple multi-sack games early on, but then teams just started throwing bodies at him and hoping that he couldn't get to the quarterback. I think that's more of a testament to how great he really is. It's like Devonte Adams last week, my Baltimore Ravens a game. I never got to go to, but, uh, they just lined up two guys over and they're like, yeah, beat us with someone else. And that's what teams dared Queens to do. So um, for Federico, he still had 15 and a half tackles, uh, <laughs> five sacks, but he's just so dominant and so disruptive that it forced teams to go in other, other directions. Yeah, man, such a dominant playmaker. And, you know, we both watched him pretty carefully in 2019. I, I I think we both expected him to take some sort of jump. I don't think we expected him to take this kind of a jump. Cemented himself as one of the best defensive linemen in the country, certainly in our eyes. So did this next guy, though, Nate Cherry, another first-team All-Canadian. And this guy showed out certainly all season. But really, for me, it was the playoff run where you could see some of that dominance. You could see him really pushing around some of these offensive linemen, driving through, you know, I mean, yes, they lost to, to Western, but Nate Cherry held his own against some of those Western offensive linemen. They're no slouches either. I mean, Western has, we saw what they did, one of the best offensive lines in the country. They moved the pile well. Their run game was phenomenal. But Nate Cherry in that game still looked very good, and especially against Montreal, man. I mean, he was moving bodies in the Montreal game. You were there in person. So talk about Nate Cherry, what he looks like in person. Big. He looks big. I mean, same side Riley Pickett, too. The two of them are massive bodies. But uh, with Nate Cherry, like, we we knew he had a lot of pass rush ability. But staying with Nick Daly on the edge last year, I guess two years ago, um, the focus was on Daly because he was always in the backfield. Um, but Nate Cherry was right there. Nate Cherry was there on a lot of those plays when you look back at tape. And if he wasn't, he was getting bodies tossed at him like we – just talked about Federico. He's uh he's certainly somebody that can get after the passer in different kinds of ways. And his body type allows him to be versatile in a three, four or a four, three off the edge. I really like that about him because I mean, in terms of a scheme fit, he's multiple schemes. So uh, if you want to, if you want to switch it up and run on the fly, it's like Rashawn Gary, your, uh, your, you Michigan guy, uh, with Rashawn Gary, like, he came out as, and they're like, oh, well, he can be a 3-4 interior guy. And it's like, well, he's also been, like, a top-rated recruit playing in a 4-3 scheme. So he can clearly do it in both facets. And that's where you get with Nate Cherry. And I think he's going to bring that to the CFL. Uh, just the sheer power that he brings as well, I think, is going to bode well for him early on as he continues to fill out his pass rush repertoire. And we mentioned him off the top. So let's get to the fourth horseman here of those sack masters, Alex Fedchin out at X. Well coached. We know he's well coached. Gary Waterman out there. Oh, man. What can we say about this guy in the year that he had? Because he was on the number one team in the AUS. He was creating the number one disruption in the AUS. This guy was in the backfield all over the place. Yeah, he finished with two sacks on the year. So not as high up as the other guys on this list. But in terms of TFLs, he had he had seven. So um, he was in the backfield. He was up there in terms of that number. I mean, the nation leader was 10. 
but Fedchin had more of an impact in scheme. Like a lot of these guys, like teams just wanted to eliminate your top pass rusher as you should to protect your quarterback. Um, but with Fedchin, he was still able to assert himself, get himself into the backfield. Um, and I think he brings a good frame with him. I mean, you heard uh, Mark Lee and Justin Dunk on the national semifinals rave about Fedchin with his six, four frame. I mean, at 233, he's kind of lean to be playing on the edge. Um, but we saw that with Zach Banner, who came in a bit light. And you can work on your frame and get up to the point where you can be contributing on rotational defense. Yeah, again, great season from Fedchin. Certainly a guy that we expect to, I don't know, maybe maybe in the later rounds here his name called. It certainly be looked at. But let's get to the linebacking core, the back end of the front seven. Four great, four great athletes in this category. So let's start it off in the OUA Laurier. It seems like every year, man, defensive players in Laurier and the CFL draft just kind of that meme where they shake hands. Uh, Tommy Bringy all over the field, so athletic, flies around. What I love about Tommy Bringy is yes, he is, uh, yes, he's an aggressive run stopper, but Man, he is so valuable in the in the pass game as a linebacker. So valuable. Uh, let's talk about the fact that he was tied for second in the country in interceptions with three. And yes. these aren't just like three gifts that he was given on like a tip ball. Like we're talking athletic diving catches. So with me, like he's got forced fumbles. He's got sacks. He's got the straight up tackles. He's got the interceptions. He's athletic enough to contribute everywhere on special teams. And as a linebacker coming in, that is so critical. We know about this. You guys are going to hate the fact that we keep talking about this this early on in the draft process. But with Bringy, like, put him on your punt team. Put him on your punt return team. Kick return. Kick off. You can use him on all of your special teams and still have a player you're developing that can play into the will linebacker where you need to be able to cover out into the two to the boundary, or if they go three to the boundary, you might have to bump out to it. He is so athletic that he can make that change seamlessly and still have excellent cover skills to do so. And this next guy, I mean, like I know every year it's, it's been a trend where I take a caravan and don't worry, I still have one. Um, But this next guy honestly might be, might be my favorite guy in the draft. I, I think after watching his, his run through the playoffs, uh, after watching the back end of the SAS season, this might be m- my favorite guy in the draft. I don't know. Is that is that shocking to say right now? No. No? Okay. Well, it's Nick It's Nick Weeb from Saskatchewan, the linebacker from Saskatchewan. 22 tackles on the season, three sacks, two forced fumbles. Man, I mean, this guy, when you watched when, – when, when we look back, when I watched through those semifinals – or when I watched the semifinal in the Vanier and kind of the 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 run that Zass made this year, I think especially in the Montreal game, he was one of these guys that was just so noticeable. Even even in the even in the Vanier when when they were losing, still he was making plays, knocking passes down. He was. It looked like forty three was in on damn near every single tackle. Uh, we know this guy spent a little bit of time at Oregon too, so. Skill set to play D1 football, but just size, size, size from Nick Weeb is what I see. To me, it's the it's the adjustment that he made this year because you saw it early on there. He kind of looked like he was getting his feet wet in Canadian football, kind of figuring it out. 
But by the end of the year, like you've talked about, he was a force flying sideline to sideline. And I think Josiah Joseph talked about that with us too, where like you saw him on tape week by week, game by game, start to open it up more and figure out like, hey, I'm fast enough to get from far hash to far sideline quicker than you are and quicker than most guys can at my size. So uh, once he started doing that, it was definitely a treat to watch him play. Um, he plays downhill, but he's also light enough on his feet to get out and pass coverage. Um, flashes I, of Alex Singleton. You're going there this early. Wow. Okay. Well, I said uh, flashes. Come on. Come on. Flashes. But no, uh, Nick, we, I, I was very impressed with. Uh, but we're going to stay in Can West for this guy, Jaden Dalkey. Uh, I was very happy to see him back in green and gold this year with U of A. Uh, in terms of Jaden Dalkey, man, like he's so athletic. He's so ready to go on special teams. And then he just stayed around for another year. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, Jaden Dalkey's back. That's great. Uh, he's so good at the point of attack and at the point at the top of the route in coverage. He is ready to just jump in to a team and just make a difference. Like, I know he was already picked up and he was sent back, but uh, just like Ethan McConzo, but Can West, he is going to just fly around. I mean, he he bodies people. Like, he hits hard. He makes plays at, I want to say at the point of attack, but anywhere on the field he makes a play. Uh, I am very excited to have Jaden Dalkey in this draft class. All right, let's get to it. Connor's Caravan. There's one every year. There's one every single year. Uh, this one I found early, early on. Michael Broderick, number two from the Montreal Caravan. I sent Wade this guy like real early on. I think we talked about it too in, in opening week uh, or opening weekend of, of U Sports football. But man, I have been so impressed by what he has been able to do this season. For me, it's the way that he attacks downhill, his ability to kind of stay on the hip of, of whoever he's chasing down, rally to that to that kind of upfield hip, make the tackle. And just the way that he bends, the way that he comes off the edge when he's asked to is incredible. I mean, he was second in sacks this year with six, but it's the lost yards. I mean, he had 58 sack yards. 58 sack yards. He is forcing quarterbacks to run for their damn lives because they are way too afraid to get tackled by this guy. Uh, the thing I like about Broderick is, like, we're talking about the sacks, but he was, a lot of this is coming down off the edge into blitz situations. Uh, like, to have that as a plus one. But, like, you're also watching it, like, if he's coming down to the line and jumping off on a blitz, like, you're thinking, okay, if we put him on a punt return, they snap the ball. He's going to have that same kind of get off like he's getting after a blitz. And we see the fact that he can get there uh, against offensive linemen. Now you're going to put him against linebackers and special teamers. I think there's a good chance that he just flies around on someone's punt return team. Maybe the Montreal Alouettes, who have his former head coach and have targeted the RSEC as their main draft bed. Um, I mean, it's worked out, Connor. Like, <laughs> I mean... Uh, it definitely has. Um, I, I think he's going to fly around, like you said. It, we're excited to dive in more on this guy as we go through. Um, 
Both I think my, yeah, I think but, my favorite thing about him is just like the recovery speed, that oh shit speed when you see him kind of make a misstep, not be in position, but his his ability to make up for it with speed and kind of get back to where he needs to be was was really what stood out to me for this guy. All right. We've got two DBs and then we're done. Uh, do you want to take one? I'll take one because I mean Yeah, I mean let's just let's just start with the obvious here. There's two left. Uh Tyrell Ford, all Canadian, one of the best DBs in the nation. So smooth in coverage. Too. This is the thing. Yes. Like we're ranking them as DBs, linebackers, D linemen, all that jazz. But when it comes to what they can do on the field, there's a reason why some of these guys get put on here, whether it's special teams ability like a Bringy or a Broderick or Deontay Knight or <laughs> Adam Macker, where they're going to be blocking uh, or tackling or covering. But when it comes to guys like Tyrell Ford and the Philpots, it's what they can do simply in the return game, getting the ball into their hands and letting them make a play. I mean, Tyrell Ford houses kicks. Yeah. Not yes, to the does. extent we saw from Tunde Adelike when he was at Carlton, but he houses kicks. Same type of similar type of similar type of vibe though. I mean, goodness. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're right. What what he's able to do as a DB is very impressive, but what he is able to do in the return game is really what turns heads. It's what, what makes him one of the best in the nation. It really is. When you when you have that little bit extra that you can bring to your game where your coach is like, okay, I, I'm very confident putting this guy on the field in, you know, positions of where we need him to make defensive plays, but then to turn around and be, and have that and put that trust in your special co- special teams coordinator to be like, oh, I can put this guy on the field and he's going to get me touchdowns. It's huge. I, uh, I'm i going to talk about the next guy now. Matt Lestition, Calgary Dinos. Um, in a year where they had a lot of turnover, on their secondary, I mean, Nick Stas, Trey Sean, Dean, uh, all those guys just upping and leaving for either the CFL or NCAA opportunities. Matt Lassition was left holding the bag, being like, all right, guys, I will now take this group of young guys and cover off. And I thought he did a fantastic job of that. He showed a lot of leadership in that. But when it comes down to him being a draft prospect, he flies at safety. He has range. Like, it's not like... I'm sure he has flat out speed, but when you watch him, he just kind of like floats across number to number. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> he made that play. He got all the way over. But uh, with that kind of range and the intelligence that he showed uh, in his game planning and well, not in his game planning, but in understanding the game plan, executing it and helping get guys lined up, uh, I thought Matt Lassition did a fantastic job, and he's going to be a guy like a Jay Dearborn where you just get your hands on the ball and you just range and f- rover and fly across. And also, I know Matt Lassition's at the ball making the break up at the point. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for Matt Lassition. He's on here for a reason. Uh, Straight-up coverage ability is through the roof. This may sound really dumb, but I, th- I think it's really true. When you're watching Matt Lassition play, I mean, mentally – you can see him playing quarterback, but physically he's defending. No, like he's just true. so right. smart. He is just so smart. He's he's watching the quarter, he's watching the play, he's watching the play develop, and he knows because he studies the game so hard. He knows that based on the route combination, based on the little hitch of whatever the hell is gonna happen, where the ball is gonna be, and nine times out of ten, he's making a play, whether it's in his hands or he's breaking it up, or he's he's making he's stopping 
even he's stopping a first down, he's just making plays. He's all over the field. This is a guy that we have been trying to give the heads up on. Wade specifically has been trying to give the heads up on for damn near two years. Time he's in the top 20. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That that ranks us out, though. That's 20 guys through and through. We will have to go back, comb over this list, find with a fine-tooth comb and brush, uh, swap some guys out, put guys in order one through 20 and bring it back to you guys uh, in a month or two. But this thing's uh, never done, man. Even when we had the top 100, it was like day of that. We were supposed to put it out and we were still tweaking it. We're like, Oh, well, do you really want this guy here? Or do you want this guy here? I don't we're know. like, well, we told everyone it was coming out at 11 and it's like 10 59. So we got to make it up. We'll do it live. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, that concludes this episode. That concludes our holiday special as we gave you guys the first look at the eSports Top 20 from Connor and I. Uh, as always, at Wade Zank, at Connor R. O'Neill, at CF Perspective. We are going to get back to more regularly scheduled programming uh, once the new year hits. But we are going and going and going to be bringing back some Sada City beer. Did you see that Marshall... And Sam Corbet had one more taste testing for the year of 2020. Uh, if you didn't, go back and check that out on our YouTube page. But if you want to get some Soda City beer, go to sodacitybeer.com. Soda City Brewing offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. You can visit their website at sodacitybeer once again to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. Use code CFL for the month of December before the new year to get free shipping on your first order over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be of legal drinking age. That's Merry it. Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Joyeux Noël if you're in La Belle Province. Uh, stay safe. COVID's starting to run wild again, so please take precautions. Uh, don't go crazy at bars. Like, we know Connor shuts down Red House in Kingston. Hey, um, I haven't done that in a long time. I'm being safe. <laughs> Don't throw me under the I bus. Know like you're, I know you're being safe, but pre-COVID. Uh, oh, pre-COVID. Hell yeah. I'll shut down Red House. <laughs> but uh, be safe with your family and friends. If you have access to rapid testing, go and do that. If you can get your booster, go and do that, please. It is the safest way to get through this wave and hopefully put this behind us because the more time we leave it spreading, the more variants can develop and the more we are trapped in this vicious cycle. Please, please, please don't be <laughs> selfish like Cole Beasley and be like, well, I'm okay. It's like, well, yeah, you might be okay, but uh, someone beside you might not be okay. So, uh, you know what Cole Beasley's not catching now? Passes. Touchdowns. Passes. <laughs> Hug your loved ones. Tell somebody you love them. Enjoy your holidays. Don't drive 80 in the left lane on the 401. I'm willing to believe it's too hard in here doesn't help the your right.